Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Chase the man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you only Fuck that. Black dude. Oh, bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Man, I've been saying time in, time out how much I hate to see motherfuckers working out with their girl in the gym and, and uh, you know, combo training and all of this stuff, you know. Uh, the, you know, this fucking hand-holding fitness bullshit that these motherfuckers do, it makes me sick. Well, I saw an upper echelon of that fucking douchebaggery the other day. I was in the gym. And this fucking dude kept fucking scooping his chick up and, like, throwing him up on her sh- his shoulder like like they're doing that, that strength dancing shit. Oh, and then, like, I seen him do, like, a squat with her on, on his shoulders and shit like this. And, like, I, that shit was so fucking irritating, man. Like, I wanted nothing more than for them to reenact the scene from The Lion King where Rafiki holds Simba up at the end of the cliff and I want the edge of that fucking cliff to break the fuck off and have them fall to their deaths. That That's what I would like to see happen. I, I, I need to see that. Um, I, I just, I never understand that. I don't understand the fucking public display of affection in the fucking gym while they, while they half-ass train. And, and the, the, it just... 
it never stops making me sick. And this was this was this was some next level shit because they were doing some old fucking pick each other up and shit like like real real dumb shit. So uh, yeah, that that was um, that was how the week started. Um, so yeah, this is Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host Jake at Mars. Um, man. What happened? So much, so much to talk about. Um, I'm, this honestly is not going to be a very long show. I have a shitload to say about one show situation and and the fact that I've decided to um, not attend wrestling shows anymore. Um, minus Jersey All Pro, which I will be shooting on the um, October 1st and uh, in the November, the anniversary show. So I'm looking forward to those things, but those are those are the only indie shows I'm going to be attending from now on out. I, I've I've seen enough. I'll, you know, go into various reasons throughout the course of this show, I'm sure. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm going to go on a couple of rants, and maybe maybe it'll go a little long. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, I don't have a ton of topics plans per se. Um, I uh, I read on the internet that. The Battle Frog races yesterday, I read it, that they're done. Uh, it's fucking crazy because um, these races, you know, anybody who's listening to my show know I do the obstacle races and everything. And um, Battle Frog was one of my absolute favorite. Um, Spartan races are just, just about fucking cruel. But as far as, like, the toughest motherfucking races you'll come across, you're going to get those Spartan races. The Spartan races are going to send you up and down the steepest fucking cliff 18 fucking times in a race. Um, you know, I've had, you know, the the beast that I did this year was, you know, seven hours and fucking change. You know what I mean? And it was 14 miles. So, like, they drug 14 miles into a seven-hour joint because of the elevation change and the amount of carrying shit up and down. I mean, Spartan races are just outright brutal. Battle Frog was a really good balance where they were the type of race that anybody could do, but they threw enough challenge in it where it could be as hard as you've ever raced. It's hard to explain because that sounds like I'm saying the complete opposite things, but um, a lot of obstacles have like three levels on these things. So it'll be like a, you know, beginner medium and and high expert i think is the top one and um so just say like it'll be a wall and shit well the the beginner wall will have like two like boards on it like that you could use as steps to help climb and then the middle one might have one board and then the expert one will have no boards and you just gotta you know leap grab the top of that wall and get over stuff like that and they did um you know like the rope climb you only have to go up halfway with the beginner one and then the harder one. So like if you went at the hardest obstacles all the way through, you you would have a badass race. The other thing about it is their standard race is 8k. If but if you sign up for the the Battle Frog Extreme like I did, it's how many laps can you do around that shit? Which is what I did and I did four laps. You have from 8:30 in the morning until I think 2:45 is your cutoff where you can't start another lap. So when I did that um, it was 19.8 miles and shit. So, uh, you know, it definitely fucking pushes the shit out of you, but really, really fucking well run race. Um, just, just really enjoyed the race. Uh, you know, well done obstacles, creative stuff. Um, 
like I said, that that distance, the way that it, they map it out, makes it so you can really push yourself to what you want to do and where you want to bring yourself mentally and physically and stuff. So I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it because it was so, you know, it was so vast and it really left you a lot of room to push yourself. And um, yeah, it's it's such a shame. I guess their registrations weren't as high this year as it was last year, and they took a hit, and um, yeah, that was it. All of a sudden, they canceled all their races for the rest of this year and their races next year because you could sign up for like the next year's race pretty soon after the race you run. So um, it's crazy. They just fucking posted like, yeah, fucking all the races are canceled. I'm like, oh fuck. And I I hadn't signed up for next year or anything yet, but um, yeah, I definitely planned on doing next year. I wanted to make uh, five laps on that Battle Frog Extreme. I was only able to pull four this year. I mean, I say only, but again pretty much 20 miles next year i wanted to pull one more one more lap which been another 8k which is you know another four miles or so so actually like full full-on marathon with obstacles which is pretty pretty badass i've never gone that distance in a race before so um it's a shame i hope uh something something comes up maybe somebody that's involved with it gets something else going that's similar or uh, you know right along those same paths um because it, it was just a top top notch race. Um, this year I only did the uh, the five races. I did the Spartan Trifecta, nailed all three of those, and um, I did Tough Mudder again, which is like a yearly deal. And then I did a Battle Frog Battle Frog Extreme. So uh, next year I got to figure out what my race plans are going to be. I got a lot of time, but uh, you know I like to know what I'm training for. You know it's it's all training from here to there. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame. The other thing about that race, too, is they had the absolute best um, motivational speaker, pre-race speaker ever. Like, there's no, like, I've done all these fucking races, and nobody hypes you up the way that fucking Coach Payne does. That dude, he, he's he's legit. He's not a bullshit guy that's just hired by these fucking races and, you know, just says the same shit every time. Because that's what some of the some of the ones like um, Tough Mutter. First time you hear that guy talk, you know it'll, it'll kind of like hit you like, oh man, that you know that shit hit home or whatever. But if you do it a couple years in a row, you realize he's saying the same fucking thing year in year out. And um, you know, I, it is what it is. It's a maybe a good first time speech, but uh, like like he says, when was the last time you did something for the first time? When was the last time you did a new motherfucking speech, motherfucker? Because that shit is not the first time you've been doing it. You've done it a hundred fucking thousand times. And, and next year I'm going to hear you say the same fucking shit. So when's the last time you did some shit for the first time? God damn it. Um, and, but coach Payne, when he fucking gets down, man, he, he gets at you, man. He like, he really lets you know, like motherfuckers didn't wake up this morning and shit. You, you're fucking here. You're doing this. You're going to fucking work, have fun, but you got fucking work to do today. You're you're putting in. This is fucking business. He he calls it. He said this is business. You got business to conduct out there. Yeah, you know I mean, and he, he he really gets at you about you know people who aren't fucking there and people without legs that couldn't even fucking do this and people with this and I mean he he really goes in, man. And um, you know the soldiers are over there fighting for our freedom to be able to do this type of thing. That you put in this work and show them that what they're doing is not for nothing. Yeah, you know I mean like. This dude fucking gets at you, man. And physically, like, he's a, you know, he's a trainer. 
And if you, um, I, I recommend anybody out there that does, you know, athletic shit, um, that wants to see some innovative, you know, push yourself type workouts, um, check him out, Dwayne Montgomery. You could check him out on my Facebook or, and, um, yeah, he calls himself coach Payne, and he does some innovative fucking shit out there. That'll fucking, you know, it'll, it'll have you doing some different shit than you're used to. It's definitely outside of your comfort zone, way different type of shit. Some shit looks fucking weird, awkward. And, and you know, you start doing, he does a lot of stuff with the rec bags, you know, and, and the different stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I recommend checking him out. You know, I'm sure he's going to be doing a lot of other shit, too. He's going to end up somewhere big, that dude, because, you know, he's legit. And he, he really uh, – he's on some next-level shit. You can't just find that anywhere. It's, he's not a run-of-the-mill type dude. Um, so that's that. Um, I'll, I'll find a race to push myself at. If, if I don't have a big enough race, I'll pick up fucking three little ones. And, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. But, um – I got Madden 17 uh, yesterday. Unfortunately, it takes like a fucking hour to install. So I only got to play when it finally got finished installing at like 11, 11.30 at night. I only got to play. There's like a – they send you like right into a game. And it's like the Rams versus the Redskins or some shit. And uh, you're supposed to be in the playoffs, which is fucking silly that they think that's happening this year. But, um, uh, so they, they have like a thing where they send you into like the end of the fourth quarter and fucking you gotta, um, what do you gotta do? Oh yeah. It shows you that more or less like you block the fucking field goal and the Rams take over and it's like the two minute drill and you got, you know, you get downfield and shit and, um, you know, you get downfield and you score. Yeah. I got down there. I'm pretty sure they make it easy because they want you to score as part of the storyline. But um, I, I don't know. I, I felt very comfortable with the new uh, control system and everything else. And, you know, Todd Gurley's a beast on the fucking run game. So uh, I was able to really, you know, bust it up in there, got up, uh, scored, and then they have you go for two and you get that. And then it shows, you know, how you guys are moving on to the next round. And then, then you move on from that and it's going to, you know, set you up into the game. You know, so they just have you like you know play that real quick, and then uh, I think the next move is like showing you like new additions and skill sets, the skill moves or whatever the fuck. But I ain't have time for all that shit. So hopefully, I'll be able to get through this and maybe play a game of Madden tonight. If not, I have to wait for tomorrow. Um, so, but I'm looking forward to that. If anybody's got the PS4 and wants to play me in Madden, I'm decent. You know, I'm not a fucking world beater, but um, I could compete. Yeah, you know I mean, so, uh, you know, you already know I got my fucking Niners. So if you plan on using them, don't even fucking challenge me. Um, I don't know what else to do. So yeah, man. Um, that that's that. There, uh, I'm gonna hit the Bronx Zoo on fucking Sunday. I, I can't wait to get back there. That fucking zoo is beautiful. The um the gorilla exhibit is is like nothing else. I, I've never seen anything to the level of what that gorilla exhibit has. It's it's fucking you know, no pun intended, but it's bananas. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, I can't, I can't wait to get out there, take a whole shitload of pictures, uh, see those gorillas again. And, uh, you know, they got a lot of a lot of crazy shit out there. But, the, you know, the one, my favorite thing in that zoo is, is the gorillas for sure. Um, and I got some ill baboons and all sorts. Um, SummerSlam happened on Sunday. I don't, you know, 
I don't get too too into this shit as far as the uh, WWE product is. Um, I mean, the big thing that stood, stands out because when I got home from the uh, Game Changer thing, I had to I had to run out too. So I, I you know I caught pieces of it, and then I definitely saw the the Brock Lesnar match. And um, look, I, I, Brock is a stiff motherfucker, man. Um, I, you know, I think the the match was supposed to end the way it ended. Obviously, I don't think that fucking blood was playing whatsoever, man. He ripped his head wide open. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I always get this feeling like it's got to be really hard to make the transition from uh, MMA to, to, you know, to wrestling. I'm not saying that, you know, he should just be killing everybody he gets in the ring with, but, you know, these guys train really hard to make every one of their strikes do the most damage possible if they do connect with another guy um, in the MMA. Now, those guys don't just let them connect with them, so it's a lot harder to get one in, but, I mean, you want every punch, elbow, whatever strike you got going to do the most damage possible if you do get one in. So now even doing it at, a, at some kind of lighter pace or whatever, when you throw those elbows and shit like this in the WWE, you know, you, you're kind of playing with fire because you got a guy who's all the other times trying to fucking do damage with his limbs, and he's like fucking 290 pounds. I don't know. I don't know how you slow that down to a non-dangerous pace to hit somebody in the fucking head. Um so I don't know, you know, a lot of people call him reckless and this and he's a havoc and I've heard people say he's a cancer to wrestling and all this. I don't know. I'm tremendously entertained by Brock because to me he's one of the only believable beasts in professional wrestling. Uh you know, it's so easy for, you know, a gimmick or something that they do to completely destroy the reality of a character. I mean, come on. I mean, you know the big show not that I mean, it's been a long, long time before anyone considered him a beast. Um, but, you know, they've they've done so much with different characters that just made him look like shit and made him look uh, just not vicious anymore. You know what I mean? And um, it, it's a pretty hard sell. Brock is, I mean, no, no fucking question about it, a fucking absolute beast. So... Uh, it's an easy sell with him. I mean, afterwards, the shit happened with Jericho in the back or whatever. He got into it with him. I mean, honestly, Jericho's probably lucky he didn't get his head ripped off back there, too. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I expect guys to be upset with that type of thing because, I mean, that's a major shit. You know, I, I saw some fucking deathmatch fans online, and, you know, maybe maybe I'll touch on some of the, the future, uh, the further comments I have with just saying, like, you know, uh, probably 75% of Deathmatch fans are the dumbest fucking people on the planet. Like, they're just mouth-breathing fucking slobs. And uh, I, I saw I saw one of them or a couple of them posting on, online, like, that wasn't shit. I've seen way worse than that. Fucking da-da-da-da-da. And come on, man. You see the picture of Orton's fucking head, and his shit is ripped the fuck open. If you saw that very same cut in the middle of a deathmatch tournament, or the end of a deathmatch tournament, you go, holy fucking shit, man, his head is fucked up. I mean, it's just, it's so asinine when people look at something and, and because it's not in an overall barbed wire match, or there's not 200 light tubes in the ring, all of a sudden, 
that cut doesn't count. I've seen worse shit than that. Like, you know, look, it's not the worst cut in the history of wrestling, but I don't give a fuck what match that happened in. I don't care if it happened to the Necro Butcher or the fucking Randy Orton. You would see that cut and go, holy shit, when you saw it. Just no question about it. As soon as he fucking lifted his head up and that pool of blood was under him, I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, dude, that's fucking crazy. You know, like, Tremont and fucking Louie were bleeding their fucking ass off. They weren't leaving, like, pools of blood under them on the mat like that. That was a deeper fucking cut than either deathmatch wrestler had on them that day. So, I mean, come on. Let's let's fucking cut it out with the that ain't shit stuff. It just, some of these people just deserve to jump off of something and land on something hard, you know. I, I mean, I mean, I guess it could be soft because if you jump from high enough, it's not going to matter. You know, I just want them to not exist anymore. Um, the uh, NXT shit, I saw the last couple matches of that. The tag match was fucking awesome uh, with Gargano and um, Ciampa. The um, women's match I thought was great with Bailey and uh, Asuka. Um, I always thought, you know, when I first read that, uh, when her name changed from Canada, Asuka, I always thought it was like Asaka, and it, it just, to me, sounded better, Asuka. Like it, I don't know. It took me a while to get used to that Asuka thing. But um, anyway, I, I love her. I think she's fucking awesome, and, um, you know, Bailey's fucking awesome, too. She's so over in NXT. I don't know. I, I'm hearing like they're going to move her up. I don't watch any Raw, so I, I more or less see the pay-per-views, if if at all. Sometimes I catch a quarter of it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've heard they're going to move her or whatever, but she's such an asset in NXT, too. She's so super fucking over. Um, and then that Nakamura-Joe match, man, they kicked the shit out of each other. Great fucking match. Um yeah, I mean, Nakamura's a bad motherfucker, man. His charisma is just so through the roof. Um, those entrances were fucking awesome. And, um, yeah, with the fucking violin and shit. Shit is crazy. You know, the NXT, they really captured that fucking aura. They put, like, indie-style matches on such a higher higher plane. Like, when they do the shit with Wrestle Kingdom in uh, in Japan... That that's the same aura they give some of these guys. You know, it's like a big show feel with the indie type booking. You know, it's the best of both worlds, really, because they have the finances that an indie company would never have to really, you know, fund these guys to look fucking awesome on film, and then these, you know, their work's gonna speak for themselves on top of it. So, yeah, I'm really happy with that. I hope that that uh, Nakamura's uh, you know just continues to tear it up there. I, I you know I'm always on the fence on whether I want to see a guy move up right away or not because I mean if you, they're allowed to stay in NXT up top and wrestle Samoa Joes and Austin Aries and fucking you know all of these guys down there, you know Kenta comes back and you got fucking <laughs> Kenta versus fucking Nakamura in the main event on the show. I mean, dude, I don't I don't care what you want to be. Call the show Raw, call the show NXT, call the show whatever the fuck you want. I'm good with it, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly think the only one thing that I would change as far as, you know, moving guys up, moving guys here and there, 
I I would throw some NXT title matches on these fucking WWE pay-per-views. I I don't think that could hurt at all. I know sometimes they do the big NXT taping like the same weekend, so that could be a little tough. But I I don't think it could hurt, you know, if you had a WrestleMania and you had an NXT title match on that show. I I mean, there's some bullshit that they throw together that's not going to come near NXT. And maybe it's too far of a stretch, maybe, you know, too big of a different product. It'd be hard to hard to follow, so maybe it's not the the right thing. But um, all right, um, that's that's pretty much all of my my other little topics. Uh, check out the Hot Tag Podcast, man. Um, I do Shaheen over there. He's he's one of my favorite fucking wrestling fans. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll check him out at Jersey All Pro. I'll be able to see him out there. But, um, you know, he, he's one of those dudes I could talk to. He's got a fucking normal functioning brain. And, uh, you know, he does his thing, man, over there at the podcast. And uh, he, he tells shit as he sees it. He's not fucking just high on everything across the board, which is, you know, there's just too much of that shit anymore. It's just there's this fucking... Stepford wife ass fans that just fucking smile and nod at fucking everything. And it's just, and then you know you get this this other side of things where the fucking promoters look at you like you're you're an asshole if you're not just the fucking trained seal like the rest of these motherfuckers. So anyway, I'm gonna get into way way more of my feelings on fans and promoters and all of this shit. Um, let let me take a break and um, uh, I'll come back and uh, get into all the things that I've um, taken from the, this past weekend. See, in the beginning, I gave love, and I got lies. I gave brotherhood, and I got betrayal. So now, here in the end, I will get darkness, and I will get the vengeance needed. Free my heart, come on! Now I bring it dead wrong. Somehow it's righteous to kill. kill. I cry tears with God, visit Christ on the hill. Devour six squads and show I'm nice with the steel. Powerful pit jaws, put your life on the chill. I don't party y'all, y'all. I just MC body y'all. y'all. Crowd streets like Mardi Gras, you probably saw. Y'all. Now Lord have his car crashes, all gas. Huh. Broadcasted, raw rapping, all action. Huh. We don't Insult me, huh. fuck rapping for fame. I rap to these niggas, it's God's rap in your brain. All actual pain, fall back in your lane. Call passes or change, enjoy baths in the rain. Hardcore fracture your face, I'm back on the gate. Have your jawline tapping your weight to fuck out my face. Stand up, charge, 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 charge. Yeah, I walk through the shadow of death, I'm gon' fear no evil You don't know me, nigga, I fear no evil Priceless rhyme, slice your spine, you all see through Life a crime, life divine, they all evil It's a cold world, 
straight shot hit your misses From West Coast niggas that rock socks with slippers Or East Coast niggas with scuffed up chucker Tims Or some motherfucker you, fucker her, fucker him Back up, what? get strong Hold my sword and shield properly. Rusty blades, trust these ways, cut sloppy weed. Must be paid, fuck these games, no lottery. Fuck these dames, suck these brains, give lobotomies, my music whispers. Futuristic space oddity, do them how they gotta be. Represent properly. Stand up, charge, 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 There is no mercy, so let my death certificate blaze If we face off, I'll rip your face off like Nicholas Cage Got a heavy heart and ridiculous rage I'm rollin' from the start, you were tricking these days Keep it barbaric to God, had it with all of y'all Bump heads with niggas, now they fallin' off Concentration, then your camps are all of course Bloody, now haul them off, but he can't call them off Cause we Drill a click with they feet up street sweep up make a seal Stand up charge By John Zandig versus Matt Tremont, labeled the date with destiny because it would be, you know, Tremont coming from his early beginnings of being such a big CCW fan um, to, you know, uh, actually wrestling one of his mentors or uh, idols, I should say, in uh, John Zandig. And, um, you know, the under. The undercard of this, I guess, was, and and really the um, the show was put together as a match of qualifying a show of qualifying matches for the Trent Acid Cup, and 
then, you know, later on they put in and our death match is gonna be fucking Zandig and Tremont and they, you know, build that up as, as the head headliner, of course. Um rightfully so. But the other biggest fucking match of the, the card was first time ever fucking dream match. Teddy Hart versus Chris Dickinson. Um the night before the show, the day before the show, I heard a rumor. Chris Dickinson would not be there. And uh, I heard a rumor that possibly Leo Rush would be filling in, which to me sounded crazy anyway, because, fuck, man, how do you get Leo Rush on like a one day's notice or two days notice, whatever the case was. So um, I, I just just figured, fuck it. Now, look. The wrestling business is not the way it was once where, you know, as a promoter or as a worker or whoever you are, you can just flat out lie to fucking fans and then they're not going to know the truth. So I figure, you know, look, I'm a straight up dude. I'm I'm a straight up dude. If you ask me a fucking question, whether you're going to like the answer or not, I'm going to tell you the, the truth about it because that that's how I fucking live my life. You know what I mean? It, it's not it's not like a tough guy thing. It's not anything. But I'd rather fucking tell you some shit you don't like than fucking lie to anybody because I don't like when people fucking lie to me. I don't respect that. You know what I mean? You lose respect from me when you fucking lie to me. I appreciate honesty. That's why I posted it on my Facebook that fucking night. I appreciate honesty. I really do. You know what I mean? But the problem is is people think that they can insult your intelligence and just continue to make fucking money off of you. And that that's that's the gimmick. That's how fucking promoters, you know, do their thing. A lot of promoters do their thing. And that's how Danny DeMano does his thing. That's how Danny DeMano runs his life on fucking lies and, and bullshit. And, and and trying to make shit look like something that's not. So I asked Danny DeMano. I sent him a private message. I didn't blow it up, put it on his fucking wall, respond on the thing. You know, hey, man, rumor has it Chris Dickinson's not going to be there tomorrow. He he responds, don't believe everything you read on the Internet. See you tomorrow. Okay. So, as I said, motherfucker, this ain't back in the days. Uh, so I hit up Chris Dickinson, and I proceeded to get everything Chris Dickinson typed on the Facebook the next day when he, he aired his side of it and more that night, the night before I went to the fucking show. So I got the truth out of the guy who was not going to be there because he wouldn't fuck his fans and say, hey, yeah, I'm going to be there or, uh, you know, just show up and see if I'm there or not. He told me the fucking reasoning why he's not fucking there. So I got lied to by the fucking guy running it. Don't believe everything you say. And that's, you know, yeah, I mean, you could dance around and say, well, you know, I never said he was. I never said he wasn't. Okay. I mean, you're bullshitting. This is what, see, the thing, man, uh, let me, let me not jump ahead to Danny DeMano because I, but, um, so, so what happens? What happens? The next day, I get there. And look, I'm trying to give the the benefit of the doubt, but in the same token, like, I already know what's going to happen. 
I already know what the fuck's going to happen. So first thing I do is that when I walk in is I hear fucking, I, I get a couple people come up to me and shake their head and go, John, man, nope, not here. I'm like, what the fuck? Now, now Zandig's off the fucking show and Dickinson's off the fucking show. Two of the absolute biggest draws, biggest names on the fucking card. Gone. Just just off the fucking show. They were charging fucking $50 for VIP, which not not many bright people fucking buy VIP. But even that, the front row tickets were $40, which for an indie show is expensive. I mean, I know a lot of places charge that type of, type of thing, but it, it's still expensive. You know, you, you want to get your fucking money's worth for that $40. Not just an average deathmatch wrestlers on, on the main or... Not just an average this or or this or that. Like, it, I mean, you want to see blockbuster shit if if you're paying fucking forty dollars for front row. So anyway, or or at least what you signed up for. So anyway, uh, I get there and now now I'm getting this shit and I'm starting to think like, well, fuck, man. Um, maybe you know, maybe he'll fucking show up late. Maybe you know he's not getting back to people and maybe he'll show up late. And now now I'm starting to hear shit too. Like, you know, it's it's gonna be Louie. And, um, yeah, I'll get to that later. Um, so now, the the show, again, insulting the fucking fans' intelligence. I know all of this shit's going down. No, the majority of the crowd doesn't know shit. They all sit there, and I hear fucking people like, can't wait to see Zandig and Tremont, can't see Zandig and Tremont, yeah, it's gonna be fucking... And like none, the majority of the crowd doesn't know that Dickinson's not going to be there, and they don't know that fucking that uh, Zandig's not going to be there. Larry gets on the fucking mic. Larry Legend gets on the mic. You know the show still hasn't started. The show started like forty minutes later, some shit. Larry gets on the mic. You know, in the back, like he doesn't get in the ring, but he gets on the mic, and you know, yeah, they normally tell you, you know, just. Just ten minutes left until we start. Da 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 da. You know, and sometimes they'll they'll tell you. And the main event is this. He goes in our main event tonight. Matt Tremont will meet his date of destiny. So avoided actually even saying like, yeah, him and Zandig. Da da da. Just saying like one of those guys is gonna meet. So like when you know some shit and they didn't tell you yet, and they're still like. Don't forget Tremont's in the main event. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's, there was more to that shit. You can't just pick out one of the guys and hype it without the guy. It was just real fucking insulting because they st- they're still holding on to this shit. So fucking the show starts. Danny DeMono comes out. And what does he do? He shoots on Chris Dickinson. And the, here's the bullshit, too, because he shoots on him, and he says that Chris Dickinson isn't here for you people over $50 fucking dollars. $50 kept him from being here. Well, I also know that that $50 we're talking about is $50 that everybody else fucking pays him. DJ Hyde pays him. Beyond pays him. Jersey All Pro pays him. Everybody else fucking pays him that $50. So that's like saying you're $50 short on buying some shit at the store, but now you're going to stand at the fucking register and goes, you're going to fucking give up a sale over $50. 
you're going to lose a customer over $50. No, that's your bad for not having the fucking the price. You don't have the fucking money it's worth. That's what Chris Dickinson's worth. That's what other people are fucking paying him. But I guess you thought you were getting some kind of brother price or something and then turn around and bash him on the fucking mic like he's the scumbag. How about you come out of your fucking pocket as a promoter to come through and fucking give the fans what's advertised? And if you don't want to fucking book him after that because you had to pay that $50 that everybody else is fucking getting paid, everybody else is paying him that fucking money. So if you want to come through as a promoter for your fans, you pay that fucking $50. You're charging the fucking fans $50 for VIP. What the fuck was the VIP for this show? There wasn't no meet and greet beforehand. I wasn't signed up for the VIP, so I don't fucking know. There wasn't – the only fucking shirts that were printed was the fucking Zandig shirts that you swore you were going to sell the fuck out before the last fucking show happened. And you've got a pile of them the size of a fucking Buick over there. They tried to give me one of them. I told them I didn't fucking want it, and I didn't even have VIP. You know what I mean? So, so th- you're selling motherfuckers this shit. You're selling the, them this fucking $50 for the VIP and da-da-da. What the fuck is that? You couldn't dedicate one of those fucking tickets to bringing in one of the biggest fucking talents on the card? You had to call that off because that $50 was that big. And then try to flip it on him and act like he fucked the fans for $50? No, you fucked the fans for $50 because you wouldn't come out of your fucking pocket and pay the same shit that everybody else is paying that fucking guy to get him in the building. So that's bullshit. That's on you. What else is on you is the fact that you knew the fucking night before you had Shane Strickland with it. Hey, Shane Strickland's a great fucking booking. He's a great fucking booking and a really good fucking substitution. But you didn't have the balls to fucking tell the fans the night before, hey, Chris isn't going to be here. We got Shane. Lucha Underground, kill shot, fucking we got Shane Strickland. Sorry, guys, but this is what we got. Didn't have the balls to do that. Mr. Fucking Shoot on everybody didn't have the fucking balls to tell the fans the real fucking deal. So so you get to go on the mic and start talking about, oh, Chris Dickinson wrestles dudes with boners in their far, in their fucking apartments for $50 and da, 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 all this other horse shit. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Let's get right down to the fucking, the, the straight up fact is nobody is ever fucking paid to see Danny DeMano flat the fuck out. Nobody has ever ranted and raved about a fucking match that Danny DeMano had. No fucking body. Chris Dickinson was booked in that fucking spot because Chris Dickinson was worth something. If it was Teddy Hart versus Danny DeMano, no one would have gave a fuck. Nobody. So so let's not get it fucked up. And see, that's the thing. Danny DeMano does a lot of, like, I'm fucking pipe bomb guy. I'm the guy who shoots on this. I'm the guy who shoots on that. As far as I'm concerned, Danny DeMano was another guy like DJ Hyde who never fucking belonged in the wrestling business and politics and got his way into a spot where it fucking worked for him. And... And, and, you know, on, uh, to his credit, I'll say, for the most part, he took beatings in Jersey All-Pro and all that fucking Goodman shit and, and all that. He took beatings until people respect him and then hung around with those guys for long enough where they started to fucking like him. So he became in with that crowd and he became cool with that crowd and got his ass kicked and jobbed out and jobbed out and became the guy that could just take it and keep coming back. And then he, you know, he got a big head about himself. I always said Danny DeMano to me looked like a guy who should be selling weed whackers at a flea market. He would come out with those fucking moo jackets, the fucking, the robes, and shit just looked like a moo because he would just waddle his ass out there and do some old bullshit. And then, you know, he would he would do his little shoot gimmick where he talks some shit on fans or he talks some shit on this guy or he talks some shit about Tammy or whatever the fuck. But who the fuck was Danny DeMano ever? 
The only memorable match I've ever remembered to him is that old-ass YouTube clip where he fell off the ladder and his fucking pants fell down. That's all I can fucking remember of Danny DeMano. But the, the bottom line is all that shoot shit don't mean a motherfucking thing. You can get on the fucking mic and shoot on me. You can go and shoot on this one. You can go and shoot on fucking that one. But if you can't shoot and tell the motherfucking fans what they're getting and what they're not getting, then your honesty ain't worth shit. Because nobody gives a fuck what you have to say. People give a fuck what you have to say if you were telling them some honest shit that applies to their motherfucking ticket price. But, but that's not what you do. Not what you do at all. And I'll go back into Danny later because this continues with more of the shit that I hate about the fucking Indies. Can't stand the shit about the Indies. Every fucking thing turns into fucking poor me. Everybody wants to be a martyr rather than an entertainer. And it's got real fucking sickening to me. It's got fucking disgusting. There's too many of the fucking the, the wrestlers that think the fans owe them to be fucking cheering. There's a certain thing that the fans should be doing every minute. So they get real butthurt when that's not happening. And then they, they try to pull on their heartstrings to bring them back in. Rather than being entertainers, do your motherfucking job and then have the fans react likewise, accordingly to what you're doing out there. It becomes a fucking martyr situation. That That's, you know, one of the most disgusting things about indie wrestling. The, the thing, too, is, look, like, I'm not a huge WWE fan. A lot of, like, the, um, you know, the, the over-the-top stories and tremendous amount of mic work and the drawn-out stuff, you know, the theatrics and stuff. I'm not – I'm just not into it. I don't have the patience for that type of thing. I like to see that indie style, um, you know, fast-paced, big-move spots and – crazy shit and innovation and all that. I love to see all of that type of stuff. But the one thing I do really, really like about the WWE is there's a fucking standard. And guys like Damano and guys like DJ Hyde, they don't make it the fuck in. They keep guys like that out. They're just not fucking good enough. In the indies, anyone's fucking good. And in the right spot, they can stand on the fucking mic for 20 minutes, half hour. And once you're in the crowd, you're fucking beat. That's it. You're at their mercy because whatever the fuck they did backstage to get the fuck where they're at, you're done. You know damn well on the WWE, you're not going to deal with 10 minutes of that bullshit. You're not going to deal with some guy that completely sucks in the ring because, well, he knows somebody. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. Some people might not like this guy or not like that guy, but think about it. Fucking fans of the WWE, there's a, a large amount of... WWE fans that will tell you John Cena sucks. Well, if Cena sucks, what the fuck does Danny DeMano do? Come on, man. Come on with this bullshit. So, um, then Tremont comes in. And Tremont gives his big speech. And look, I, this is the thing that it becomes difficult. And this is this is where we fall into the martyr situation. Because Matt Tremont didn't do anything wrong. Low life Louie didn't do any fucking thing wrong. But the, this shit fell apart where the biggest fucking draws on the card aren't there, and they got to keep it moving somehow. But on the fan side of things, it becomes you have to give credit to these guys right this moment because they're the ones here to do it when no one else is here. And it's like, dude, but I didn't sign up for this shit. If somebody would have told me to begin with, that 
the fucking main event is Low Life Louie versus Matt Tremont, I wouldn't have fucking been there. And, and, you know, to go out there and do their thing, you know, I give them credit, but, dude, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that shit. It's hard subject to change all you fucking want, but that's, you know, it just becomes a thing where, like, you have no choice but to give these guys as much credit as Low Life Louie is not John Zandig. I mean, and the problem is, too, is the majority of that crowd, and it works for you. This is why I just don't fucking belong there, because it works for you, because the majority of that crowd is too fucking stupid to even know they should be upset. They fucking sit there. I'm getting messages. Are people upset? Are, are people upset? I'm like, no, they're fucking stupid. So they're just sitting there. You could just be like, hey, the fucking the guy you all paid for isn't here. But this other guy's here, and they're like, "Yeah," but nobody like if you asked any one of them, would you rather see Zandig or, or uh, Louie? You know, motherfuckers did Zandig all day, but you do like a quick switch in front of them, and they're like, "All right, whatever." Uh, it just, I mean, I mean, maybe that's just like an easygoing quality that they have, and I don't, I don't know. I think it's a lack of intelligence, personally. Um, it, it's fucking crazy. Um. So I don't know. Um, yeah, they accept that, whatever. They get all hyped up. And, you know, Tremont did a great job on the mic as always. But, um, you know, it, it, you, you kind of feel bad for these guys. But I have this other thing where it's just like I'm not I'm not down with the fucking routine and just running fucking the same routine. We're like, here's the part where we clap. Here's the part where we feel bad. Here's the part where we give credit to the guy because he didn't need to be here. And, and, you know, the list goes on and on about things that I'm supposed to do or ways that I'm supposed to fucking feel. I'm like, fuck that. This fucking guy just buried one of the biggest fucking talents on the card. Tried to turn the whole fucking crowd against Dickinson because he couldn't pay the fucking guy $50. And, and, you know what I mean? And now I'm just supposed to sit there and clap like a fucking seal for whatever you booked instead. And that shit doesn't work. It puts a bad fucking taste in my mouth right off the fucking bat. No Beckham. And, you know, this is what happens. This this is what happens because of a fucking promoter that handles it wrong. So, anyway, um, this, I mean, you're going to hear more negative shit out of this this review, even though the majority of the matches were really fucking good on this card. So, it doesn't come down to the talent working, believe me. And, And I don't shit on things just to shit on things. But there's some things that just don't need to fucking be. And it, it's it's not an isolated problem. It's not just a GCW. But, it, I mean, as far as GCW, look, shit has fell apart. And let, let's not let's not get it fucked up. You charge 50 for the fucking VIP. You charge fucking uh, 40 for the front row. You charge 30 for the second row. You fucking got 80 fans in the building. So you figure out where you fucked up. Because you lied to the fucking fans where they thought that oh, both of those matches were still happening and you still got 80 fans in the fucking building. So you tell me what the fuck you're doing wrong. Bro, I got to hear fucking Danny DeMano is trying to explain to somebody later in the show. I hear him over there by the table. Um, No, well, you got to understand one of my biggest draws is in here. So, you know, money's kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, whose fuck up is that? I mean, 
Hey, man, no, there's got to be a lot of unhappy motherfuckers in that chain of command. Got to be. Ricky O funding the shit, whatever the fuck's going on over there. He can't be fucking happy. He wasn't there, but he couldn't have been happy on that fucking draw. And then your next show is fucking on a Sunday, second week of football season, in the middle of the fucking day. Three o'clock, fucking second week of football season. Fuck you. What are you, fucking high? Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a fantastic idea. Just do that. You know, fucking jerk-off Eagle fan, jerk-off Cowboy fan. Why the fuck would they care about football season? Perfect fucking reason not to care about football season. NFC fucking geniuses. Um, so, but, um, yeah, so that that's what's going on. And to me, GCW is a fucking shindy. They, their majority of their regular shows, they book fucking ticket sellers, assholes like Johnny Ringo and shit like this with the fucking Brock Lesnar tattoo on his fucking arm. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's how the majority of their fucking shows go. And then they, they run these couple big shows where they kind of break away from that. And, you know, don't get it fucked up. Their fucking goal on doing all this deathmatch shit and going at all of this and getting Zandig over there, Damano hates fucking, hates fucking DJ. He's trying to bury CZW. Even Dickinson said it on his post, which is the dumbest fucking thing you can try to do. It's stupid. The letters CZW alone will make more money in the fucking business than anything Danny DeMano and Brett fucking Lauderdale cooks up. That's retarded. Because Brett Lauderdale's a fucking reject from there. He's not allowed in the building anymore. Coupled with fucking Danny DeMano that's not booked there either. So the two of those things combined, and now you guys are going to bury fucking CZW. Yeah, sure. Uh, CZW has its own fucking problems, but it's not going to be fucking GCW running shows on Sunday during football season. That You know, get it together, guys. Run a fucking product that you fucking deliver what's advertised. Pay a fucking guy $50 if that's what gets them there. And then figure out what you're doing on business the next day. Instead of trying to fucking bury people and take out other companies. What are you fucking crazy? It's just unbelievable. So, uh... First match is uh, Danny Havoc versus Connor Claxton. And, um, you know, this was good. It was pretty good stuff. You know, uh, Danny's always awesome. You know, they they did a bunch of light tubes and all that type of shit. And, uh, you know, big fucking opener because, I mean, Danny's fucking awesome. Connor Connor can be pretty good. It really depends on who he's in with or what his, uh, what his mood's like for today because, you know, I've seen him fucking awesome and I've seen him where he's like, eh, you know, Nothing to write home about. So, um, but you know, him and Danny are are good together. So, um, yeah, that that was a great opener for that type of thing. Uh, followed by Smiley and Mark Queen. Uh, I want to say that's the pronunciation. I could be completely off on that. Um, I've only seen that dude a couple times, and um, both tremendously talented. I'm a big, big fan of Smiley. Um, the dude is, you know, he's very innovative. Um. He does a lot of just really cool shit. I'm just something about Smiley. I'm very, very entertained by his work. Um, he seems to like to keep to creating and and make his matches innovative and um, creative. I mean, that that's really the best way I could put it for him. And um, his matches are a lot of fun. And uh, the other dude, Mark Queen, he's um he's really, really talented too. And these guys both come uh, from House of Glory over there, I believe. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, great. The two of them should both be in that acid cup. Um, more so than like a Drew Blood. Drew Blood doesn't belong in that shit. Um, in, in your trend and everything, but that's, you know. So, no one's looking for him. So, anyway, um, next match was uh, Tony Deppen versus Azrael. This was fucking awesome. Um, uh, Tony Deppen's a really, really good talent. Um, I mean, he he steps it up every time out there. I haven't really seen anything bad out of him. Um, I think next CZW show, he's debuting over there in like a four-way or something, you know. I mean, DJ will drop the ball on something there, but um, he tears it up. And uh, Asriel looked great. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, basically, I only see him on, like, the Jersey All-Pro shows for the most part. But uh, Asriel looks great. He, he's fucking working harder than ever. And, um, yeah, this was a really good match. You know, hard-hitting fucking Asriel was being fucking brutal on Deppin. And, um, yeah, Deppin pulled out the fucking win. And, uh, you know, he goes on. Um, all right. Next up, here here's the here we go back into this Demano situation. Now this is um this is uh one of those acid cup qualifiers, but it's also announced as a grudge match. Which who the fuck knows that Danny Demano has a grudge with Drew Blood? I don't know. Uh, again, I don't keep up on their like their regular shows, but is there like a regular angle going on where they fucking hate each other? Because I don't know anything about that. Like, nobody I fucking was with, nobody around me knew anything about, like, yeah, these two really fucking don't like each other. And, um, you know, in the end, you guys made that shit look as retarded as humanly possible. Because, so you come out, it's a grudge match. Grudge match between these guys. Why why does it even need to be a grudge match? It's already a fucking match for a a fucking, a, a spot in the tournament. Just like all these other fucking matches. They're all... If anything, you fucking Smiley and uh, the other dude was a grudge match because they probably wrestled each other a hundred fucking times, and and that maybe they have some fucking history. But you guys, I mean, you guys seemingly have been fucking buddies for a long time. I don't know about grudge. So uh, whatever, you label it a grudge match, up your importance a little bit more, you know. And then you fucking he he comes out, Danny Demano, and he oh. Uh, he says some shit like uh, ultra violence, yes or no? Ultra violence, yes or no? You know, and then what the fuck is, you know? I mean, people are there to see Zandig and Dreamon. I mean, of course, you know what the fuck they're going to say. You're just playing the. It's just. To me, it just feels like people. I'll go back into the crowd in a little bit. Um. So they go into the match, they do some light tube spots, they got a door with some light tubes and all of this shit, and they're brawling all over the place and doing some pretty hardcore spots and stuff like that. Uh, They go outside, I was one of the only people that did not follow them outside, and uh, I was just really hoping the two of them would jump on a bus while they were out there and fucking leave, but no such luck. They came back in, uh, someone told me they jumped off a truck, and um, because of the fantastic business sense of... um, of uh, Danny DeMano and friends. Um, they are the only company that I have ever fucking been to, ever, that encourage you to fucking film the shit with your iPhone and fucking put it on the internet. You will see fucking 12 angles of a fucking a big spot, like the fucking roof bump, 
five fucking angles you'll see of that thing before it even comes out on fucking DVD. And they don't seem to think that that hurts DVD sales because there's people who are going to buy DV- the DVD for other reasons. So good luck with that business plan. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. So whatever. They allow you to film shit or whatever. So then later on I saw also that, yeah, Danny jumped off a truck. Uh, when someone told me he jumped off a truck, I again repeated I wish they got in the truck and left. But, um, yeah, so he jumped off a truck. Fro- frog splash fucking drew blood through a table. Why would that not be a fucking three count is beyond me. So, you know, whatever, because they want to be even fucking cooler than, you know, whatever. So then they come back in, they do some more shit, and then um, uh, Drew Blood gets a pen. Now, here we go. Here's where Danny DeMano gets on the fucking mic and tells the fans, come on, guys, cheer, not for me. But for this guy, and then, no, let's not forget that this shit was announced as a grudge match before the match for no fucking reason at all. Now he gets on the mic, and they're both in, like, near fucking tears, and Danny DeMano says this sentence, I love you. I've always loved you. I love you. This is what this fucking guy says to another fucking man in the ring who... They needed to announce this shit as a grudge match. And it wasn't that wasn't like swerve, fucking chair shot, fucking da-da. This was like, I don't know what. <clears throat> and to segue, you know, from this to, to, to the way fucking wrestling is gone, the way indie wrestling especially is gone, why does every fucking match have to go from a fight to foreplay? Like immediately. As soon as the match ends, they got to fucking blow each other in the middle of the ring. I feel like, watching this shit like these guys don't want us to be there because shit's about to go in another direction that they they could use some fucking space for because it's like grudge match blood oh i want to fucking kill you match over hug love you i've always loved you what kind of fucking love story bullshit is this man and it's like it's not just this match but this is you know this is what and then danny danny goes continue here's the martyr here's the martyr shit comes in Drew blood. The doctors told him that he might not walk, or and then he got back in the ring, and and you know he's he's here tonight to wrestle and to show all you and for you guys. And it's like, oh yeah, I mean you guys can't just be fucking entertainers. I have to go to a show to hear your fucking sob story. Can you imagine watching the WWE and then I'm getting on the mic afterwards and going, look, um. Roman Reigns broke down on the side of the road earlier today. And, you know, he was he was six miles from his hotel. And, you know, he could have just he could have just called it a day. But he walked to the gas station and on the way to the gas station, uh, there was a, a wounded turtle and he helped it across the road and uh he saved that turtle's life. And not only did he save that turtle's life, he walked to the gas station. They were a little shorthanded. He worked three hours to help that gas station out, help those guys, let them keep all the tips for nothing. And he walked back to his car, skipped sleeping for three days, and then he drove here for all of you tonight so he can wrestle. Can you imagine if the fucking WWE did that pussy shit? 
But it's all the fucking time on the indies. All the fucking time. Everybody's got a sob story. I can't just go and watch fucking wrestling. I got to hear how bad your fucking day is and how you shouldn't have been here. But for all of us fans, you how about for all of us fans, you announce the night before that the motherfucker isn't going to be there. How about for all of us fans, you pay fucking $50 to get the guy there that you advertise. How about some of that shit? How about for all of us fans, you stop fucking wrestling because nobody's looking for you. How about any of that shit for all of us fans? No, no, no. For all of us fans, we bleed and we do. Who gives a fuck, man? I didn't ask you for that shit. I never asked you to do a fucking thing. So don't don't go bleed and fucking tell me you did it for me. Because if you were doing it for me, you'd be fucking working the flea market like you look like. Fuck out of here. See, this is the thing. Everything becomes, oh, it's all for you guys. Like, dude, I don't need the fucking guilt trip. I want guys who want to do this shit for them. How about that? How about that? I want people who are going to fucking do this shit because they love the shit. Not because, like, oh, fuck, I'm just, you know, just for you. I mean, I broke my leg in eight places, but I taped it together and dragged myself here for you guys. I didn't ask you to do all that shit. Just, just sit the fuck home. Put your leg up. You know what I mean? And, and you know, look, man, I'll go into the fucking Louie shit right from here, too. You know, Louie, look, th- he he's a great guy. He's a really nice guy. I've never been a big fan of his work. He was, like, Jer- Jersey All-Pro's bleeder. Most of the big guys that are not, like, super mobile and shit. Like, like I, I've never been an Abdullah the Butcher fan. I mean, to each their own, you know what I mean? So, not not saying anything, you know, about him like that, but I, I've just never been a fan of his work. You know, he was the, he was the big guy that bled buckets for Jersey All-Pro, and, you know, he, he'll, you know, fall through shit and, you know, blunt force and, you know, blunt force trauma, all that shit. He'll do all of that stuff. But, you know, not a super agile guy and, you know, he just he does what he does. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty straightforward. That's just not my style. Like I I prefer like you know your Masadas, your J.C. Bailey's, your you know Drake Younger's, those type of the Danny Havocs that could do all the different things they do in the ring and stuff like that. You know, and even Tremont is able to do quite a bit. Um, but my point with him is is not you know his ability or any of this. My point is when it comes down to hearing that the guy was told by a doctor he cannot wrestle anymore because if he takes any more force to his head, any any more bumps, just ring bumps alone could fucking kill him. So when that type of thing happens and you step away from the ring and then you decide to come back to it, it doesn't make you dedicated, that doesn't make you courageous, that makes you stupid. And you can get mad at that shit if you want. People get butthurt about that if you want. But especially when you bring your fucking kid in the ring and you tell me how this kid, this kid is going to be the future of hardcore. So you're already saying, like, you're good with this guy, your kid bleeding and getting hurt and shit like you did. Not only that, you're in there taking fucking blunt force to the head when years ago the doctors told you that you can die from it with your kid in front of you. So basically what you're telling me is you're willing to die and leave your kid with no father. So we should clap for you because you're putting that type of risk on the line. That just to me just sounds like a completely bad decision, like a completely bad decision that again, I didn't sign up for that shit. I don't want your kid not to have a father. I don't want you to not fucking be able to speak sentences later in your life. I don't want you to be fucking a vegetable. I don't want none of that for you, man. Don't do it. 
I don't want to see you in the fucking ring. Bottom line, when I heard that shit years ago about about Louie, I didn't want to see him in the fucking ring again. So when all of a sudden Nick Gage isn't at the Nick Gage tournament and they hatred who hasn't been in the fucking ring in years is fucking plastering his head with shit, I didn't feel good about it. I didn't feel good about it at all. And for all his fucking buddies that are in the fucking wrestling business that are booking him into matches that they know can kill him, stop calling yourself fucking friends. Because to me, that's not a fucking friend. And you, you can get on the mic and put him over all the fuck you want, but if you put him in danger where you can leave his fucking family without, without a father, I don't see that as a fucking good move. I don't see that as a good, good guy move. Somebody's got to be the fucking man and say, no, man, I, I, I can't see some shit happen to you. How the fuck would I live with myself if I let some shit happen to you in the ring for this fucking 80 fans in the fucking crowd? Oh, I'm sorry. You're so passionate about the fans. I forgot about that. Again, let's not get back into what the fuck you didn't do for the fans because you didn't feel that was necessary. You figured you would just bury Dickinson the next day and go, yeah, everything's forgotten. I'm the fucking hero again. Not, not, not fucking quite. Not in everybody's eyes. So, so that's just my opinion on, on shit like that. Everybody wants to be a martyr. Everybody deserves the credit. Everybody did what they didn't have to do and this and that. But nobody asked you to do that shit. You want the fans to be happy. You want the fans to be happy. So when the other side of the thing happens, same thing goes to fucking Zandig. You want the fans to be happy. You want the fans to be happy. You took one fucking roof bump in your motherfucking career. One fucking roof bump in your career that I know of. A couple height bumps here and there or whatever, but like off a fucking roof? That happened fucking once with Mondo in 2000 fucking two. Or 2003. My bad. 2003. Tournament of Death 2. I was fucking there. 13 years later, we're, why, why are you on your comeback match jumping off the motherfucking roof? Why? Why? I, the shit was going fantastic in the ring with fucking Janela. Match was going great. Could have just continued to do that type of shit. Beat the shit out of each other. Continue doing the match the way it was. And fucking, and, and, you know, a crazy spot in the ring or whatever, and take it home. That's it. I mean, if you want to fucking have a, you know, have three matches with Janela. Maybe the next one, Janela puts some sneaky shit. And then next year, we pull the fucking, you know, the, the, you know, the rubber match. And now we start talking about, you remember what happened in fucking 03? You know, if you want to choreograph it like you did this time, I'll take you off the fucking roof. I still think it would be better with a surprise, but, you know, again, Zandig just wanted to scream, you're going off the roof, da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, do that shit a year later. People wanted to see John Zandig back since the second he fucking left. And for the sake of just being over the top, he needed to do that fucking root bump. Look, I fucking loved it. But again, I didn't ask for that shit. If the result is John Zandig breaks his fucking back, because look, Zandig isn't there. He cut a fucking promo that, quite frankly, looked like a Whackpacker Hogan talk show the night before the fucking the, the show. It, it, it looked, and I'm probably pretty accurate on this because he has some small kids, but it looked like, he was doing it in a dark room and trying not to wake the kids in the next room. That, you know, I don't know, but that's what it sounded like. And it, you know, it was shot like a whack Packer Hogan talk show, Zandig edition, you know, like, and 
that was the night before the fucking show. Like, the night. Not, like, the day before. It was, like, fucking a little over 12 hours. Not even 24 hours before he was supposed to be there. And then the next day, I guess he, he said he, he woke up and, and couldn't even move. Well, I mean, you know, part of this comes down to the initial decision to jump off the goddamn roof. And, and you know, was it fucking worth it? What Was it worth it to blow the fucking... All right, guys, do you want to see John Zandig jump off the roof today in a match against Janela and then not show up for the fucking Tremont match? Or would you rather see... Him and Janela just do some other wild shit. And then you also get Matt Tremont versus Zandit. Well, I think the fucking answer is pretty clear. Of course, you can't predict what's going to happen. But, dude, you were out of the ring for fucking all these years. And the first match back, you're jumping off a fucking big-ass roof? Just clearly not a good fucking decision. And, of course, then when I read the, you know, the, the, you know... Broke my back. First thing I had to think of was, you know, I broke my back. What do you mean by that? You my broke back, back is broken. What a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. <laughs> you know, and you know, I'm joking and all, but Tyson was a bad motherfucker too, so it's not that big of an insult, really. But um, look, I don't doubt that he broke his fucking back because that shit was fucking crazy. But what's the cost? What's the fucking cost, man? 45-year-old dude needs to make his fucking return by doing one of the crazier shit he's ever done. And what's the cost? The fans fucking lose. The fans absolutely lose. And it probably sends Zandig just that much closer to fucking going back to the fucking away-from-wrestling scene. You know, he had a hunger. He fucking leaped off the roof. I don't know how fucking hungry he is now. You know, uh, it's just, it's fucking crazy. There's a bunch of fucking bad decisions, and no one's fucking talking to each other about these fucking decisions. It's just, shit just goes on in wrestling, in, in the indies. It, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, there there's, um you know, on the side of fans things, there's, like, expectations out of fans. And this is completely separate from, um you know, the Zandig or the Roof or any of that stuff. But, like... Every fucking indie match now. Guys come out, and they fucking, soon into their match, they start yelling to the crowd, come on, guys, get up. Like, they start to do, like, a pep rally within their match. You know, I think the goal was to run your motherfucking, run your 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 program, do your fucking thing, and the fans should clap out of entertainment not because they're supposed to or because you just told them come on get up you know or or you did the hey let's clap because I'm clapping deal you know that's where I'm not into it I'm not into the thing well because you just said clap like when Gage came out of prison he was so fucking starved for attention that he wanted people to chant his name like every fucking minute of the match they they would stop chanting for like 30 fucking seconds. He still didn't even lock up with the other guy yet. And he'd be like, oh, what's my name? And he'd fucking run around the ring again. Fucking trying to get people to chant his name again. And it's like, dude, I'm not I'm not a fucking a parrot. I'm not a parrot. I'm not a train seal or whatever. I'm, I'm going to sit here until I'm compelled to fucking clap for some shit because you did some ill shit in the ring. 
because you did some shit I like or I'm entertained, that's when I'm going to fucking clap. Not when you say so, not when you think this is this is where we should chime in. Maybe you're fucking up the flow of the whole fucking match for me just doing what you're doing with the come on, clap for me, come on now, you know, fucking let me clear my throat. Yeah, you know I mean, like crowd participation shit on the left side, on the right, you know, come on, man, I ain't here for that shit. You know, especially you get these motherfuckers paying forty, fifty dollars, and now you want them to do the motherfucking YMCA in the crowd for you because you're you're fucking out there. How about fucking bust your fucking ass and entertain and let the crowd fucking react to it? Maybe that's why we're getting these quote unquote dead crowds because four or five matches into being told what to do by another fucking man who they paid to fucking watch, maybe they're a little tired of getting fucking pushed around. And, hey, cheer now. Hey, cheer now. I, I fucking fake cheered 12 times. Now, that guy just did something really cool. But you know what, man? I've been fake cheering all night. I'm kind of tired. So now you're not even getting pops for the shit you should get pops for. Because you're fucking, you're, you're begging people for attention is what you're doing. Please fucking clap for me. Please. Get, and, you know, and occasionally, yeah, like you've gotten over so much when your fucking music hits the fans are amped. But then when it becomes like a, a priority of yours for the fans to clap for you every time you walk out of that motherfucker and, and you lose focus on the actual entertainment that made the people clap to begin with, that's when shit gets all fucked up. And that's why the indies, again, this is shit that's allowed to go on in the indies. A guy could spend fucking five out of his fucking nine minutes in the match playing fucking cheerleader, head cheerleader trying to get the fucking fans behind them in the fucking ring rather than just fucking going for entertainment. The WWE guys aren't allowed to do that type of shit. They have to run their motherfucking program and do their thing in there. And then when the fucking fans get into it and they decide this and this, and a lot of times that's what decides, you know, who's getting pushed and who's getting this and that. A lot of that shit, you know, goes into the the creative process backstage. I mean, of course, they're going to go with whatever they want to go with, especially in the WWE. They don't listen to shit. But um, it's not because, you know, oh, this guy, fucking, he did a really good job, you know, leading the crowd in, in uh, you know, in, in this fucking marching band routine that they're into and shit. It, it, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. And like I said, everybody... I know I'm breaking off on a tangent of what's wrong with wrestling in the middle of this review, but it is what it is. This is all this shit that's on my chest because I'm done with this shit, man. Like this, you know, everybody, everybody's got to be like, look, Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan was a dude that I used to fucking really, really like as far as an indie wrestler. He was one of my absolute favorites. And one of the reasons why I liked him so much is because he was straight out motherfucking vicious, fucking vicious in the ring. And after the match, no love, fuck you out. You know what I mean? You fucking tear down match. You'd look at a motherfucker, you know, they put out their fucking hand and he'd spit in their fucking face and leave. Fucking vicious. Stick to fucking character, 100%. He got out of the WWE and he blew like four guys in the ring in his first fucking couple CZW shows. Every single fucking match that he ended in CZW as soon as he got back, he got on the mic to explain to the fans how good the guy he just wrestled is. And then they, they had the, the match with Masada that was lined up, and then Sammy decided to, to go work Lucha Underground and, um, you know, not work for CZW anymore. That match, before the match, 
he had to get on the mic and, and, and explain to the fans how much he loved that dude and how, how great it's going to be to wrestle his brother and, and tear it up and this and this. There's no more believability because everybody fucking loves each other. If you want to go on it, look, I'm not like super kayfabe guy. If you want to go on an interview, uh, a podcast, a fucking you know, a typed interview online, uh, a shoot interview, whatever you want to go on, and someone asks you about how you feel about working this guy, you don't have to be like he's a piece of shit. At that point, you can say, I fucking love the guy, this and that. But, like, while you're still in the motherfucking ring and we're still in the moment of you guys just beating the shit out of each other, can you keep your motherfucking feelings to yourself? Can you put your fucking love letters away and mail it to the motherfucker when you get home? Why do we have to deal with this shit? This is the pussy shit. I'm, I, I didn't sign up for this, man. Go from fucking, like I said, fighting the foreplay. I've had enough of it. It's fucking gay, man. I ain't into that shit. It, it, fuck all of that. All right? You fucking love the dude. I got it. I had a good idea that you got along when you had fucking good chemistry in the ring and you guys were fucking clicking and this and that. I didn't really need you to fucking write a love song in front of the crowd after the fucking match. I, I don't need that shit out of anybody. I remember when fucking Ring of Honor got started, people were shitting on them for shaking their fucking hands after the match. Now, it's all out, just fucking baby, you know, like this fucking Barry White shit, just, you know, you know I always love you, baby. Remember when we was on the road in Kentucky, you used to hold me down and shit, and, yeah, I mean, you gave me rides, you were my boy on the road, sticky with you through thick and thin. I remember when we first came up, you're going to make it one day. I believe in you. You're the best. What the fuck, man? Get out of here with this shit. Fuck out of here. Where, where's the believability? Does anybody remember what the fuck you're supposed to be simulating? Because I'm pretty sure it's not a love story. It, it's, just, it's just sickening to me. I, I've just had enough of this fucking, this whole fucking storyline that everybody follows this pattern of bitch assness. They fucking tell the fans what the fuck they need to do. You need to be clapping here. You need to be reacting this way. You should feel really bad for this guy because he didn't need to be here and he's here. Oh shit, the other guy's not here, so you should feel bad for him too. Um, I'd like to give a heartfelt shout out to this guy and then, then that guy and you should really like me because I'm doing this thing that you like that the other guy did. So you know, I should. I, I, you like it when John Zandig used light tubes, so now I'm Danny DeMano and I'm using light tubes, so I should just be fucking super over. It's just, it's just asshole behavior, and I and I can't fucking stand it anymore. The it, this shit is just not for me anymore. Like I said, I'm gonna shoot Jersey All Pro because you know I love those guys and. Look, I you know I've never had the opportunity to shoot wrestling shows until Fat Frank, and. Um, it, it's an absolute just privilege and an honor to do so. And, you know, that, that I can still find interesting. I, I don't feel sitting amongst this fucking crowd. They're, they're fucking gargoyles, man. 75% of these fucking people. This isn't like, you know, when you go, oh, I went to the movies and this guy sitting behind me, you smelled really bad. No, this is 75% of the motherfuckers sitting around you smelling real bad, man. Like, real fucking bad. Like, real fucked up. If I dropped you in the middle of a packed fucking wrestling crowd and told you, find one dude who you can speak the sentence, that guy's in really good shape. How long would it take you to find that fucking guy? Quite a bit, right? I'm not fucking comfortable in this fucking circle anymore. It, this is like, this isn't, this isn't like, I, I, like, I, like, I feel like I might be better than a lot of these people. 
Because I wouldn't use the word might in that sentence. I, I know. I fucking I, I'm positive. And, and it, it feels like like when I sit around these motherfuckers, man, I feel like I'm part of the Big Brother program or some shit. You know what I mean? Like like I'm like I'm doing some kind of public service to be around these motherfuckers. You know, and look, look, I, I like Whack Packer Hogan, he's a nice dude and all that. You know, we went out to fucking King of the Death last year. And it was a good time, and, you know, he, he's a good dude and all this, but, like, you know, when I'm watching a fucking wrestling show, and I look to the right, and there's a 40-year-old man swinging a fucking rubber chicken, not even paying attention to the match, and yelling at me, remember when I smeared ketchup on my head on Facebook to show, like, it was blood, and I just look like, what the fuck am I doing here? I'm a fucking, I'm almost a 40-year-old man, I got three fucking daughters, I, I work six days a week with fucking animals. I'm a fucking athlete. I got a lot of shit going on that doesn't apply to, like, me hanging out with motherfuckers who are, are like, this is fucking crazy, man. And, and, you know, I mean, you can call it arrogant. You can call it whatever you want. I, I at some point, set a high fucking standard for myself. I fucking, you know, I'm over three years sober, and I bust my motherfucking ass to make myself proud of who the fuck I am. So when I'm surrounded by motherfuckers that don't give a fuck who they are, there's no way that I, I'm obligated to respect those fucking people that don't respect themselves. That's just the way I fucking feel. That's the way I'm always going to fucking feel. And, and that's it, because to me, I've earned that shit. And people who fucking respect themselves and, and carry themselves in a way like a normal motherfucking human being, I could talk to anybody. I could get along with fucking anybody. I coexist with these people. I don't, you know, treat everybody like shit around there or anything like that. I'm not a dickhead to people. But in my fucking head, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you here? What the fuck is wrong with your life to be here right now surrounded by these motherfuckers, man? Like, there's sometimes I'll take a shit and get deja vu of the breath that I had to fucking deal with from these motherfuckers that were talking to me a couple days ago. That's that's the kind of shit you deal with when you go to these fucking wrestling crowds. It's fucking crazy, man. I can't stand it anymore. You know, there's just so many people that act like assholes. From the fans to the fucking jerk off. Fucking Chris Grasso is a jerk off. He he's he's one photographer I I do not fucking like. He's all about himself. He's a super arrogant fucking dude. Look, he does great fucking work. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock him one fucking bit on the work he does. He takes great fucking pictures and he's an arrogant cocksucker. He talks tons of fucking shit online about other people. As soon as I got done with my fucking interview with uh with DJ and he listened to it, he had to fucking PM me and bash Blake and bash Blake because Blake gets to shoot all the fucking promo pictures for the chicks at CZW and he's not allowed to. He cries and whines every time he doesn't get a fucking opportunity. They they didn't use him at fucking King of the Death match, but they used some of his pictures on there, and he fucking cried and whined. Guess what, motherfucker? Lyle, fucking um, Wax, all those guys over the years, do you think if they used fucking CZW guys back then, they weren't using some CZW pictures taken by guys like Lyle and shit like that? Just because they didn't get a fucking invite, do you think they cried and fucking whined on Facebook and social media and shit like this? fuck out of here. It's bitch-ass shit. And the thing, the reason why, and I've been holding this back for a minute, but when I ran my fucking... Which one did I run? I want to say that was the Spartan Beast. The Spartan Beast, I ran seven fucking hours out there. And I was supposed to run the Spartan Beast and then go shoot Jersey All-Pro in Bayonne on the last Bayonne show. And 
what happened was, well, my last year's Spartan race was the Spartan Beast was five hours and change. Well, they decided to make it a lot harder, which pushed me to seven hours and change, which made it both physically because I was fucked up, you know, banged up from that race, and, you know, time-wise, I would have never, ever made it to Bay Allen or whatever. So it made it impossible for me to shoot that. But what do I fucking read on Facebook that day? I always wanted to shoot Jersey All-Pro. I guess it's all about who you know and not how good you are. Well, who the fuck else were you talking about other than me? Of course you were talking about me. But just smile on my face when, I see, when you see me. Because you're a cocksucker. You're, you're a whiny fucking bitch cocksucker. That's what you are. You're arrogant as fuck. And, and you've been doing it for four fucking years. Lyle, one of the most humble fucking dudes I've ever met. Snapmare, awesome fucking dude. Um, Stinkelstein, super polite, man. I haven't talked to him like a ton like the other guys I've talked to a whole lot. But super polite, man. I went up to him and Eric Rosen, who both shoot for Jersey All-Pro for years, shook both of their hands and stuff when I first, you know, shot there and, you know, said, hey, you know, if anything I'm doing wrong, you know, just let me know. I'm new to this shit, da-da-da, you know. And, and, you know, they were super, super cool with me. This guy, he's just got an arrogant fucking attitude. Called him King Cameraman, he tells himself. Like, come on, man, this is bullshit. This is what I mean, like, so many different avenues of indie wrestling just fucking sickens me. I just want to wait from it. I just want to not see these motherfuckers in person again. You know what I mean? Because, like, I just, I, I don't, like, I'm forcing myself to be around motherfuckers that are just far, far below me as fucking humans. Like, they just act in a way that I wouldn't act, and why the fuck do I want to associate with this type of behavior? You know what I mean? Like, this, this podcast thing is something I do. It's, it's a hobby, but it's, like, one of the lowest hobbies I do. Like, all the other shit I do, I have way more fucking pride in. This is some shit I just get to fucking vent and talk some shit because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a talker. I always love to talk. So this isn't, like, you know, <laughs> out of uh, out of my realm, but in the same token, I'm not, uh, again, I'm not a, you know, stereotype podcaster like like a lot of the people out there. Again, shout out to uh, the Hot Tag Podcast over there. I'm sure they'll be reviewing the show. Um, probably will sound a little bit different than my review, but, you know, I, it's good to have variety. I mean, definitely check those dudes out. They're going to give um, probably a lot more fair shake than I am. Um, but, again, back to the matches. Um, Matt McIntosh beat Steve Scott. This was a great match, too. Um, Matt McIntosh is a really good wrestler. I don't think he's getting enough fucking uh, play out there. He wrestled like a dark match for CZW or something. And, that, and again, I don't know why dark. I don't know why they're keep, keeping him on that uh, that type of thing. I don't know if he's just too heavily booked or whatnot, but I, I think he's a very, very talented dude. Steve Scott, very talented as well. You know, the selfie gimmick is over. And uh, he could fucking work. So, um, Matt McIntosh goes on. Um, Teddy Hart, Strange Strickland. Uh, this was this was a good match. Um, they, you know, there's some things. I'll get into the cat thing. I'll get into the entire fucking cat thing as soon as I'm done with this show. I'm not touching that right now. Um, there's some things Teddy does that are just really fucking ridiculous. I know that's that's not like a crazy statement. But um, the dude straight up in the middle of the match goes, hey, guys, this is a new one. 
before he goes to do the move. <laughs> like this dude, this dude is telling the fans, "Hey, here's a new move." <laughs> like literally, like actually said that shit like loud to the like because for the fans to hear it. Like he was telling the fans, "Check out this new move," and he did like a. You know, like a like a piggyback ride. Uh, you know, when you put the kid on your shoulders type deal. You know, like kind of pre reverse Rana type. I don't, I don't know what the fuck. Electric chair is that what they call that? Yeah, like that into a lung blower and shit it was nutty. But like, I didn't really need you to fucking scream to the fans that this is a new move. I don't know. You know, Teddy's off. That's part of what makes Teddy uh, entertaining. But. You know, it can go it can go in other directions, which I'll get to later. Um, th- this was a pretty good match. Uh, yeah, again, a little unorganized. Just, um, you know, it just didn't have like the flow to it that it should. See, Teddy like Teddy does a lot of spots and stuff like that. I I don't know that he he crafts them within the match the way that like a PWG match would be high paced, a lot of fucking moves. But at least there's somewhat of a flow to it. This didn't have quite the flow to that, but fucking crazy. I mean. It, some of the shit that they were doing in the ring, man, like, this dude did, like, a, a flipping, you know, the um, the the Canadian Destroyer. He did it where, like, he fucking leaped off, like, and got the dude midair. Like, it's hard to explain. I'm sure you can go see the fucking clip online because, again, any fucking finish or spot or anything is encouraged to upload online because that's a good business practice. So, um, there there's... Um, you can, uh, you know, go check that out. But, you know, Shane stepped up. Shane is, he's hes gotten tremendously better. Um, you know, he, he was always good, but he didn't have, like, the full. My early criticism with him was, like, it, it looked like a lot of his stuff wasn't well polished. Like, he was doing a whole lot, and he was doing some pretty crazy shit, but it looked like a lot of the shit he was kind of debuting before it was ready. And um, his shit all looks fucking well fucking thought out now the dude is is good he's really good i'm always happy to see his name on cards because um the dude could work he's very entertaining so um you know shout out to him and um you know hope he's doing good over there at lucha underground eventually somewhere somehow along the line i gotta get like some kind of weekly feed of lucha underground it's not on my tv so i can't watch it and then like the download shit like i can but like just I don't think about shit often enough to like weekly download anything. So it just, it, it goes around where I've never, I never watch it. I watched like a little in the first season and then I haven't seen anything. So I don't know. Eventually I, I hope to uh, catch up on some of that. Cause he's over there and Sammy's over there and Fox is over there and all of that. At least what I've heard again, I, I have zero uh, visible evidence to back anything up. Cause I don't know what's going on. I know a lot of people like it, so good for them. Um, next up, uh, Nate Hatred comes out. Well, no, no, Devin Moore comes out and says, eh, no one's here to wrestle him. Zandig's not here. Engages in prison. Da, 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 da. And who else is here? So Hatred comes out and uh, just completely annihilates Devin, which I don't like. I, I just don't like, man. The last we saw Nate Hatred in uh, GCW was in the Nick uh, – yeah, Nate, the Nate Gage tournament, and uh, you know, so the the Nick Gageless Invitational. Uh, he he wrestled in there. He fucking killed Louis first round and second round. He had an absolute fucking monstrous fucking battle 
with Masada, which made me go, man, this fucking guy could still go and fuck, man. Like, this dude's going to make a huge return, and he's just going to tear shit up all over the fucking place. So now we're talking about, like, a year fucking later, he finally shows back up. I, I think he had, I think he had some kind of legal problem or something like that. And uh, I guess that's like a hate club thing. It's like, you know, I hate hate the law. I don't know what the fuck they're hating, but they're hating to be in the fucking ring monthly. That's for fucking sure. So it was like a year he was away, wherever the fuck he was. Maybe he just took a vacation. Who knows? Um, and then, uh, you know, just comes back to fucking squash. Devin Moore is a guy who holds value, man. Like, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Just completely squash that dude. Danny DeMano gets fucking match that goes all over the place and stuff. You know, Devin would have shooting star pressed off that same fucking truck that DeMano splashed off of. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I just think it's fucking crazy. And uh, he got completely squashed. Like he tried hit Nate with fucking three light tubes, and Nate just like ate all three of them like without selling them and then just fucking destroyed him and then like man this gcw security they had these dudes who's like the one dude had two fucking t-shirts on and neither one of them were doing the job neither one of them were winning like he lost twice on that wardrobe he had like a teddy Hart next generation whatever mexico triple a t-shirt that shit was two sizes too small, and so was the fucking one under it before he bought that one that were on top of each other. And this fucking big fat-ass belly was swinging out from under it, and then he, he was one of these dudes that's fat as fuck but doesn't doesn't feel like a belt should be something he fucking purchases while he's at the store buying the fucking pants that aren't going to fucking stay on him. So he's got the fucking pants that keep slipping down so his ass is sticking out. And this dude is, like, climbing himself in and out of the ring to sweep the ring and to do whatever the fuck they sent him in there for, which, really, I mean, come on, man. You got to, like, see him in the back and go, yeah, that's not going to work. Suit him up in a bigger fucking shirt. You got to have, like, a 4X or some shit of something. I don't give a fuck what shirt it is. I know you got, like, 12,000 fucking Zandig shirts. So, like, five of them together, wrap it around this fat fuck and then send him out to the ring to sweep up because Jesus fucking Christ. Enough of his ass crack was hanging out You could have put a broom in that shit let, let him fucking sweep up that way You know I mean Jesus Christ it, It's fucking crazy Like there's just no standard that, That's the problem with a lot of this shit That's why like I said Deep down GCW is a fucking shindy And then they you know They book some talent And they get some shit here And they get a couple you know couple deathmatch guys, and, and they get a buzz around them because of Zandig and everything else, but deep down, they're a fucking shindy. And, and, you know, they'll get it fucked up because on the top of shindies, there's fucking talent. Always has been. Always has been. You'll get, like, you know, the hit squad up top, or you'll get fucking, you know, Joey Janela up top, but match two or three, most of those shows, you don't know who the fuck those people are. You don't want to know who the fuck those people are. Johnny Ringo's out there doing taunts like he's got fucking Tourette's. Yeah, I mean, like he's got, like like he's having a seizure with the fucking, the taunt stick on the fucking No Mercy game. Like he's putting his arms up and he's putting his arms out like Raven. He's doing a suck it taunt. He's putting his arms back up. Dude's fucking crazy. That's the type of shit that goes on on a GCW card that doesn't involve like the, 
the Zandig and, you know, the, where they're trying to bury CZW with this new style GCW deal. It's half fucking ticket sellers and all that shit. But this is what I mean. Like, you can fucking, you can take the, uh, I don't know, how does that go? It's to take the take the dude out of the thing. But you take the shindy out of the, but you can't take the shindy out of the GCW. Uh, I don't know, something. Something like that. I, I didn't really think think too long about that one. I just thought about it. But um, it, you know, that's what it is. Like deep down, fucking shindy, shindy, fucking mania. And uh, you know, you get these fat fucks in the ring with their asshole sticking out, and uh, trying to sweep up the ring and the fucking belly swinging around. And like, I'm talking to Shaheen and shit, and we just both look over and just fucking laugh. Like, look at this motherfucker here. <laughs> this shit is crazy. This shit is fucking comic relief. I guess, I guess it works for that, but. Fuck, man. So, um, where the fuck was I? Uh, so, yeah, Nate Hatred. So, Nate Hatred stacks a bunch of these sloppy fucks up uh, on top of each other as if that makes him, like, a more dominant guy. He just, sw- he just squashed the guy that really fucking matters. That's all I need to see. I don't need, like, a bunch of sloppy fucks. Like, I'm pretty sure he could beat them up. So, he's just proving that. Um, so, okay, so that's that. Music hits, whatever. I guess we'll see him in a year or two. Um, maybe he'll be back next show. I wouldn't fucking know because, first off, I'm done going to shows anyway. But, second off, it's on the fucking second week of the football season. So, I I don't know. I I don't know what your crowd's going to look like that day. It looked like fucking 80 people with no fucking football season going on. So, I I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck. And, And Teddy Hart on it. And fucking John Zandig. And Chris Dickinson. And fucking, you know. These are all the names that were announced on the card. They fucking drew you 80 people. So, I good luck with that next one. Okay, Tremont, Louie, you know, they, they tore it up. They kicked the shit out of each other. They did their thing. I mean, that, that's all I could really say. I, you know, I explained my feelings on the whole deal before. But, you know, again, you know, his kid's in the ring with a fucking holding up a light tube, and Louie's calling him the future of hardcore. To me, it's not cute to me. It, it's, it's not really cool. I mean, it, it, it's a kid, man. I mean, it's just, I don't know. This shit just comes off bad to me. Um, again, I think Louie's a nice dude. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he does. It's not for me. It's just not for me. And personally, I don't I don't take him risking his own life as something that I should be thankful for. I'm not thankful for it at all. I'm actually, I get upset by it, you know what I mean? Where I feel like, like he should be doing better for his life than protecting his, his family and himself. Obviously, poor his family. Sorry, right, my last topic. Uh, Teddy Hart and his cat. Now, last week I had Teddy Hart on. Uh, when I had Teddy Hart on, a um, couple things. Um, it's been kind of out of sight, out of mind as far as how bad the cat thing bothered me because the last time I saw him was the Jersey All Pro show that I shot with that he was on. And he threw the cat in the air, and I got fucking furious, man. I immediately turned my back on it and just walked the fuck away. And then, um, you know, I had posted about it the next day and everything else, and I was, you know, pretty upset. And this is, you know, I mean, probably years past. And um, so I, I wasn't really in the in the thought process to ever ask Teddy to be on the show again. Um, when when all that cat thing happened and everything, I deleted him from Facebook and all that. I, I didn't want to see anything that was going on with him. So I wasn't going out of my way to do anything, Teddy Hart. And uh, Pierre hit me up and was like, what are you doing next week on the show? 
And I was like, well, you know, I'm having J.C. Rotten on. Why was up? He's like, I want to have Teddy on. If that's cool with you, because, um, you know, I'm having him on on the uh, Jersey All Pro shows. And, you know, he wants to go on a podcast and, you know, help with promotion. And, you know, he's super entertaining and this and that. And I said, all right, fuck it. Because regardless of my feelings about Teddy with his cat and cats in general, um, he's very entertaining. He's very entertaining in the ring, and he's very entertaining to talk to. Chances are, a year from now, I'm going to try to have him on the fucking podcast again. And it's going to go the same way where I stay far, far away from any cat topics. You notice there was not a single fucking topic brought up about cats during that show. And if he talked about it, either would have been a problem or I would have tried to deflect it and talk about something else because I I have nothing to discuss with Teddy Hart about cats. Now, my problem about this now, so, okay, so that's that. The reason was, is like I said, it wasn't really me who brought it up. Of course I could have said, no, I'm not, you know, saying like, I had no choice, but that, no, I, I mean, I, I wanted him on the show once it was offered to, to me. And, um, yeah, again, we stayed away from all cat topics, and I got a lot of classic fucking lines out of him. I haven't gone back yet and uh, took it and, and chopped it up, but I definitely have some classic lines in there that I'm going to use as drops. I figured it wouldn't even make sense for me to do it this week amongst all the other things I have to say about him. So um, here we go. Uh, so here's the deal. Like, he, he had the cat there, um, and uh, – it just, it sickens me. Every fucking time I see that cat, it just, it fucking it enrages me. For those who don't know what I do, for the past 15 years, I work with cats. I, I work getting them healthy. I work working with their personalities. I work saving their lives and finding them homes. This is what I do. I I do six days a week for the past 15 years. I absolutely love my job. There's not a lot of people who you're going to find that had a job for 15 years that could say they absolutely love their job and not, they're not being sarcastic. I fucking adore my job, man. I walk into my job in the morning and I look around at the cats and you know, I just immediately get fucking a pride about what I do. I don't make all the fucking money in the world definitely not something I'm ever going to get rich off of. Um, it, it's um, it, it's a, an occupation of passion for me. Um, you know, I just, I, I just love what I do. I make a fucking difference. You know, I, I had a lot of jobs, uh, kind of go off on tangent, but um, I had a lot of jobs in the past, you know, when I was younger that I didn't give a fuck, man. Like I, I didn't want to wake up in the morning. I had, um, you know, I had a, a landscaping job where a guy would pick me up in the morning and I'd fucking stay up late at night and everything else doing whatever I was doing. And, you know, he'd be out front fucking honking the horn and I'd be in my bed sleeping. The first thing I'd think is, fuck him. If I'm tired enough, fuck him. I don't give a fuck. Fuck him. He's going to have to deal without me. Well, now with this type of thing, you never thought about your boss. You're thinking about these animals that are waiting on you. So this this drove me, you know, and motivated me to be there on a more regular basis than I was at any other job. And to fucking six days a week is a motherfucker, man. But that that's what I do, and that's just what I love. But I deal with all sorts of cases. You see cats that are abused. You see cats 
you know that and you know believe me we have dogs and all of that stuff here we also have a zoo there too so i mean i see fucking tigers that you know we're all fucked up and, uh, you know, living in, in horrible conditions and we get those and they live wonderful lives out there and, and lions and bears and monkeys and baboons. And I mean, we got all sorts of shit out there, but what I, what I personally work with, this is why I'm going to continue to hit the cat topic because that's, that's where we're at is, um, I take care of cats and I, I make a lot of choices and a lot of different, um, a lot of different things I do change whether a cat's going to live or die. And I, I work really, really hard to save every cat I can and to change their personalities into something that's adoptable. And a lot of them come in and they're not. And if I don't do what I do, those cats aren't here anymore. And some, a, a lot, hundreds and hundreds of cats I've, been, I've gotten adopted are, are laying on someone's couch right now because of what I've done. You know, I mean, some cats look, man, they, they do it themselves. They're, they're, they're awesome, and, you know, anybody who meets them is like, I got to have this cat. So um, as far as that, it's, I'm not just taking all the credit or anything like that. Um, but um, I love what I do. And when you see the amount of animals that are put to sleep in shelters, our shelter does pretty well, you know. Um, but there's other shelters, including, you know, our, our newer branch. Um, there are across the country and across the, the all over the world, thousands upon thousands of cats that that are euthanized every day every day cats are just put to sleep because of overcrowding because these i mean these there are places that there are nice cats every single day lose their life because there's too many fucking cats and there's no there's way more cats than there are homes for the people for the cats there's not enough good homes out there for the amount of cats there are People are over breeding them. You know, with cats, it's such a bigger problem. Dogs, too, massive overpopulation. But it's not nearly as bad as the cats because when was the last time, like, hey, a Rottweiler had a, you know, had a litter of puppies under my deck? Like, doesn't really happen. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, just, I found a, you know, a stray German Shepherd having puppies by the woodpile. Like, that doesn't happen. Kittens on a, every fucking spring, summer. We're just getting batches and batches and batches of kittens because people just let these cats out and they, they just breed out there. Um, so when there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of cats that are out there losing their lives because of overcrowding, um, and then you hear a guy like Teddy Hart go on fucking on record, say time and time again, I make more money off of cats than I've ever made out of wrestling. And he named his cat Mr. Money because of all the money he made breeding him. It makes me fucking sick. And, you know, when people go as far as to label Teddy the cat guy and stuff like that, it makes me fucking sick. It's just another gimmick. It's just another thing he does. We're not going to, in in my my world, we're not going to confuse Teddy for an animal lover. And Teddy, the night fucking before the show, he was in New York buying furs. Buying motherfucking furs and taking his cat, who he's got licensed as a service animal, into that loud-ass fucking NXT show. That's fucking cruel. That's absolutely fucking cruel. Takes it into that loud fucking crowd. Man, 
when he, and, and, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That cat's sedated. I work with way too many fucking cats to not know the difference. Cats just aren't just that docile and just quote-unquote cool or, as Teddy might tell you, trained. That cat is just about fucking lifeless. He's got to be fucking sedated. That cat looks so fucking miserable. So fucking miserable. And, you know, when people go, oh, oh, that cat lives a better life than most people, you don't understand the life the cats fucking live or want to live. They're territorial animals. They like to claim a home for their own and stroll around that fucking house and prowl and fucking stalk their fucking area. Yeah, you know I mean, like, like patrol their fucking joint. Check out the fucking window over here. Fucking walk down the hall. Check out that room. Make sure everything's in line here. Cats are on some shit. You know what I mean? They like to roam and fucking control their fucking perimeter and shit. And I'm all about keeping my cats inside. You know what I mean? But I'm saying, like, as far as the house, they're fucking looking out the windows. They're fucking walking up and down the hall. They're going to check in this room, sleep in that room for a while, then walk down the hall, sleep in that room. So if you think this fucking guy sticking this cat in a bag and fucking driving and flying them all over the fucking place and then sitting them on a fucking merch table, dragging them through a loud fucking crowd, sitting them on the fucking turnbuckle, sticking them fucking in the bag, throwing them back to the back. When the match ends, drag him back out here, stick him on the fucking turnbuckle, fucking throw him in my arm, throw him back on the merch table, back in the car, back on the plane, back in the car, back on the plane, back on the merch table, back on the fucking turnbuckle. You tell me how that fucking cat lives. You tell me how that fucking cat has a great life. It's fucking sickening. And all the fucking fans who chant and pop and fucking smile and laugh, the fans, the wrestlers, the promoters, all you motherfuckers that do that shit, you're supporting animal cruelty, and you're shit to me. You're fucking garbage. It's not fun. It's not funny. It's not a fucking thing that I'm going to play along with. It's not something I think is cool. You buy fucking 8x10s with Teddy and that fucking cat on it. You buy any fucking merch with that cat on it, you're supporting that motherfucker doing that. Teddy loves his fucking attention. If everywhere Teddy went, they fucking looked at him like, dude, get the fucking cat out of here. I just want to see you wrestle. Everybody, the fans, the fucking workers, and the fucking promoters. All of them have to be on the same page. It can't just be one fucking promoter because then he goes, hey, guys, they won't let me bring my cat in. And then the jerk-off fucking mouth-breathing fans start chanting, Mr. Money. And then he goes, see, see, and then he fucking, he, he gets to strut around. He's not the fucking cat guy. He's not a fucking animal lover. You like fucking cats? You shouldn't like fucking Teddy doing what he's doing. It's fucking bullshit. I had a fucking Persian cat yesterday, came in fucking wound around his neck like someone fucking just about slit his neck hole almost into his fucking throat because something got him he's probably 15 fucking years old that cat has six fucking days to live because of breeders because of asshole fucking breeders who sell cats to motherfuckers they don't give a fuck where those cats go but they make fucking money mr fucking money that's what the fuck that does that's what that does. So keep supporting that motherfucker and keep supporting what the fuck he does because Teddy is borderline retarded. Let's not get it fucked up. I'll fucking continue to play the clips. I'll continue to play all the shit that he said. You can fucking go and you can laugh at all the other interviews he's done. Let, let's not get it fucked up. Everybody who's ever listened to Teddy was like, this fucking guy's retarded. Fine. Don't involve animals. 
That's the fucking problem. And you're not going to convince Teddy to do that. That's why I'm not having a fucking conversation with Teddy about it. Because he'll tell you how he loves the cat, how the cat has this and the cat has that. And he doesn't know a fucking thing about cats. Teddy doesn't know a lot about a lot of things. But when it becomes an animal's fucking life that suffers because of it, that's when I have a fucking problem with it. And you can't talk to the person that has that level of a mentality. You have to talk to the fucking people that encourage him. The people who encourage him and where's the cat, where's the cat, take picture with the cat, all of that bullshit. You're taking pictures with a fucking tortured animal. That's what you're doing. If you don't think it's fucking torture, as I just explained the cat's life and what the fuck cats like, what the fuck cats don't like. Again, I'm not an amateur at this shit. This is what I fucking do. I don't do this. The podcast isn't my motherfucking job. Being a cheerleader in a fucking in a, in a crowd and in, in wrestling isn't my job. I'm not a fucking I'm not a social worker like like sometimes I feel when I'm in this fucking crowd. I, I'm not any one of those fucking things. I'm an animal caretaker. That's what the fuck I am. So so I take I take big fucking offense to this type of shit, and this is the type of shit that like I fucking you know again I'm shooting Jersey All Pro. Look, I don't I don't cause fucking problems for people. I don't go there and start fucking yelling and, and hollering about shit like that. You're not going to see a picture come out of me with the cat. There'll be plenty of pictures of Teddy Hart out of me, but it won't be a single one of them with a cat in it. Guaranteed. I don't fuck around like that, man. It makes me fucking sick. Check out the sports den. Those are my dudes over there. Man, this NFL shit's about to get popping, and they're going to get fucking talking about all that shit. I'm sure they're going to talk about the UFC and probably some of the WWE thing, too, so check them out. Check out Alex Mahoney. Uh, if you want to get, like, a T-shirt made, a fucking graphic for your website, for any fucking thing, check out Alex Mahoney. She does amazing fucking work, and uh, you, you can find her on Facebook and everything. But um, I, I think that's all I got. Uh, again, check out the hot tag. Uh, probably still doing their thing right now. Maybe wrapping it up. I don't know. They, they do long shows sometimes. Check them out. Uh, if not, check them on the download. Um, I think that's about all I got. Oh, man. Um, next week, if I do a show, I'll probably review uh, CZW's Crushing the Competition. My first show back in February of 2001. Um, you know, I'll probably hit that up. I still haven't seen the uh, the bosses back show, so I guess we'll see what goes on with that. Um, trying to find someone to lend it to me and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I hate to hear people upset with a show and then spend money on it. So, um, you know, kind of a difficult thing, especially if I don't watch it live. You know, sometimes if I if I invest that money in it live, it's worth it just because at least I'm seeing it as it happens. I can have a little bit more of a. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. You know, a, a quicker reaction to how I'm feeling about things because it's happening as I'm seeing it and everything like that. But, uh, you know, hopefully I'll eventually uh, get somebody to show it to me. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what goes on. Like I said, I, hopefully I'll do a show next week. We'll see. i um, been really fucking training hard now. I got... The fucking truck was breaking like every single minute, and we got it back going. 
I got into gym Monday, Tuesday. Today's my rest day, and then I'm gonna go fucking tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. And um, yeah, so I'm really excited. I'm sore as fuck, and uh, I'm just gonna keep going at it. it it's uh, yeah, it, it's intense shit, man. And I and I'm all about it. I'm trying to really just like push myself further and further. It just sucks. I get kept getting hit with those roadblocks where the truck would break and I couldn't get to the gym and. Again, the motivation at home isn't always as easy, but once I get up in there and uh yeah, I mean I was putting in some mileage on the on the runs, but you know, it's it's just not as uh not as intense as I wanna be in the gym and stuff. So now like this week is fucking ballistic and uh it's just gonna keep going, man. I mean it, there's no ceiling on my motherfucking progress, so uh I think that's all I got guys. Um Hope you enjoyed. Clearly, there's going to be some people who listen to this that don't like the fucking thing I said. But, um, who knows? I mean, it is what it is. The only thing I've ever been is fucking honest. And, um, that's just how I feel. You know? And and a lot of the shit that I'm saying is, is the reasons why I'm not fucking with indie shows. Let's, let's not forget, guys. I've been to, like, fucking at least 13 tournament of deaths. At least that many cage of deaths. I've been to every best of the best except for one, and then next year they're moving into fucking Orlando. It's time, man. I've had enough. I've seen enough. I've seen the fucking some shows on the early Ring of Honor shit, and I I, I got to saw, see uh, Abushi and fucking Evolve. I mean, I, I got to see a lot of fucking shit. Muda, I've seen a couple times. I got to see motherfucking um uh. Kenta over here, um, Masawa. I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, I, I've seen a lot. I, I, I'm not at the point now where I feel like sitting in the crowd amongst these fucking people it, it brings me enjoyment. I, I'd rather we've gotten to the point now. I, you know, I, I could watch the fucking shit on my 60-inch fucking TV in my room. And I'm way happier. I'm just way fucking happier. I don't have to deal with any of that shit. I can cook up some fucking food, hang the fuck out, drink an ice cold sparkling water, and just fucking do my thing. If I want to throw that shit on fucking pause if it's not a live show, throw that shit on fucking pause. Go fucking do something else. Come back to it the next day. I mean, the freedom is just fucking awesome. And I don't have to smell none of these motherfuckers or deal with their... They're just... Bullshit, man. Uh, it's just... It's just fucking enough. But, um... So, anything... Anyway, I should say, um... I got to see King of the Death last year. of some shit I never did before. You know, it, like I said, it's been fun. I've had enough of it. And, uh... Yeah, uh, the Jersey All Pro, I'll be doing that deal. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. I love all of y'all, and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So 
Well, I'm with you. Good. Like, Cheese tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Kick Radio. Jesus! So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food.